Fake news. Mr. President. Fake news. Fake news. Mr. President. I just want to have one thing to say. Mr. President, I'm trying to get a word edgewise here. Mr. President, it's not. Mr. President, it's not fake news just because you don't like it. A few days ago, fake news called. Enough! Each and every Tuesday, the Journey into Comics Network brings you the real news with the poor of poor, with the late breaking news that really matters. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast about everything nerd. With your hosts, Nate Phillips and Brandon Stone. We've come a long way from the Prime Minister's exploding cake. Or have we? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's episode 186, and we're back to normal here. I'm your host, Nate. As always, joining me, the Vegeta to my Goku. What's up, homie? Welcome back. Brendo, how you doing? It's going all right, man. And if my throat were feeling any better, I might actually do the Vegeta voice. Uh, but unfortunately, I have like sort of come down with like a... Mini cold. I don't know if I would call it a real cold or, or even a full blown itis. cold. It, it it it's it's more it's mostly like up in here. I'm on cold meds and you know I'm sneezing. I'm blowing my nose a little bit. It it got a little scratch. You know, scratchy throat. Maybe I'm like gonna hack up a little bit of stuff. I'm not really coughing too much. So that's good. But because um, the last cold I got like over Christmas, pretty much hit me right before my Christmas break and lasted until I went back to work. I was just sick the entire time. Absolutely awful when that happens, too, because, like, fuck yeah, I finally got some time off. I'm finally going to get to hang out with the family and do some good things. And then you're either sitting on the toilet or hugging the toilet or a mixture of sitting and hugging the toilet. And let me tell you, if you ever experience the blaining, it's not a pleasant experience to essentially go ass to mouth, let me say. Ah, I tell you what, though, man, um, this wonderful place that I work, there's an unofficial uh, Facebook group, right? And yeah. I don't know. I'm not really too sure if my mic picked that up, but my throat kind of did this little weird squealy number with, like, my mouth being closed. So it was like, mm. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> we will only be able to tell once we're listening to that footage back. Right. Anyway, so what this page likes to do a lot is just take pictures of crappy park jobs. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. It's like, like, who the fuck parks like this? Click. But, Calling you out. But this, but this dude's like, you know what? We need to freshen this page up. And, aside, you know, we need to get away from the crappy parking jobs and move on to some, and, you know, another really important matter. And it's bathroom messes. Oh, yeah. And he posted two that he has pictures of. I don't know how he got a hold of these. He said these were in the women's bathroom of all oh, places. Jesus. Are you going to you're going to show me? Oh, what in the fuck? Like Okay, I see it. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank yeah. you. I have witnessed it. Oh my god, Cannon, see that? That's <laughs> happening in real time we're on the show and i just have been oh dude okay okay it looks like a deflated football 
That was as big as my fucking arm. What the fuck? How does that come out of a person? Dude. I'm very confused and concerned. This dude commented, he goes, it's time for Turdzilla. <laughs> this thing looks like a... Um, oh, man. Um, uh, you almost made me puke on air, by the way. Like a kielbasa, kielbasa sausage? Oh, God. Oh, dude. Oh, God damn it, Brando. (laughs) He's trying to make me puke on air, folks. I'm serious. That one got my gag. I won't look because I will puke. No, you don't want to. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Dude. The pants are still there. (laughs) What? They left their pants. It was so bad. Oh, I'm seriously, like so on the verge of ralphing right what now. It, well, okay. It is not even. All right, here. Don't what, show me. What, no, don't no. show me. I'm not showing you it. I'm, I'm showing you what somebody posted. <laughs> some dude, some dude looking like he's about ready to ralph. Dude, no, no, no. I'm not gonna show you this one because it, it's not just like uh poop humor. This is like. This dude needs needs to go see a doctor. Oh, yeah, no, it, it it's pretty bad. I left his pants and everything. <laughs> this person's like, like maybe he sneezed. <laughs> oh my god, that's disgusting. This is happening at your job. Yeah, apparently. Oh my lord. But what would you do if you walked in into any of that in real time? Would you just puke all over and cry and shit yourself and run away and like no, start if jerking I saw, off all at once? If I saw something like that, it more than likely would be like, oh, and then I would turn oh. and I would turn and leave. Actually, okay, okay, fine. I have a story. I don't typically tell poo-poo stories because it's not my jam. It is a little low brow for me, but that's okay. I was working at Office Max oh. back in the day. Yeah. And you clean the bathrooms in the end of the night. And this is all I'm going to say. It literally looked like somebody's arm was severed off like fucking Game of Thrones style, <laughs> sticking out of the toilet. And it was just pure shit. Someone's bowels. <laughs> I mean, dude. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. I didn't know what to do. I called my manager on the thing. And I swear to God said, dude, I can't. That's on you. Cause I will puke. Even now. Hey baby. I mean it was an arm, dude. <laughs> it was oh. a poop arm. Oh no. Oh man. God, welcome back to the podcast, Brando. We were away for a whopping one episode. Yeah, honestly, I think that's the first episode that neither one of us have done. Uh, it absolutely is the first time neither of us have appeared on our own show. And it was also, I mean, there were like so many firsts during Fool's Week. We should first of all get into it. Sometimes I'm stupid, Brando, and I have really crazy ideas. And I don't know why, but the idea of just like taking all of our hosts and jumbling them up and throwing them on the wrong show for an episode and letting them just 
I don't know. I guess in my head the thought was like the only thing that can happen out of this is for them to create something that's outside of their normal show that's going to give them an opportunity to kind of take a break. It'll give them something fun and different to do. And ultimately, it'll be kind of an experiment on what other things can be done with shows. You know, other ideas can come up just by creating and doing things differently. Um, but we did this really weird thing where I took names, put them in cups, and drew the names out of the cups and went side by side to different positions on different shows. Of course, this was done at a time that literature did not exist and Tyler was not included in the network at all. So uh, when we decided this and we, I mean, we, we picked this early on, like December, maybe even, even maybe even November, it had been a while when we decided this was the plan for April. Um, but it was really crazy because long story short, TLDR, uh, that's too long. Didn't read. Uh, it went off without a hitch, I thought, almost, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> there is something that I will admit. I almost uh, was pretty hesitant about Game Addicts being a part of it because I had never missed an episode of that. Yeah. I had 74 straight episodes of a show. And, after, like, I mean, this is well after we'd already decided it. And even after it was already done, I was like, oh, man, the streak is ended. Did you feel like The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30? Where, like, concussed and unable to stand? <laughs> I more meant forcibly penned to the ground and not given an opportunity to let your streak continue. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he wasn't forced. I mean, he agreed to it. Fair enough. I mean, he's like, yeah. I mean, heck, I honestly don't think that he held that thing as sacred as anybody else did. He was just like, okay, I guess. If you want me to win, sure. I'm not going to say no to a win. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I guarantee you he's the kind of guy that walks in and goes, what are we doing, boss? Mm-hmm. Really? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yep. And then, like, if he really disagrees to it, I guarantee you he speaks up. Uh, All this and more on Journey into Wrestling. You can hear that right. later. Or actually, you've actually already heard it. Isn't that weird and confusing? Timey-wimey. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, actually, it is. But, uh, no, I really don't think that he, I mean, he wanted it to end 22. He wanted he wanted Angle to 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 end it at, at, at 22 and they like no man you're gonna go against mark henry and he's like uh and then sure yeah well, i mean i mean there, there's a couple times throughout where he's like yeah man i just wanted to be rid of it you know but then it kind of just eventually could have been sean it could have been but i'm kind of glad it wasn't you know and i'm also very glad that it wasn't punk because uh, i don't think punk was in the right headspace <laughs> I just read something about <laughs> Punk. Uh, I, I know we do a wrestling show, uh, but that show that we haven't done yet that you've already heard. Um, <laughs> Timey-wimey. It's going to focus a lot on just like, you know, the WrestleMania weekend. We're not really going to talk about a lot of random stuff. Paul Heyman did an interview recently, and okay. CM Punk got brought up. 
and he revealed in, in, in an interview that Punk has completely checked out of wrestling mode. 100%. He's like, done it. I'm done. Not going back. I mean, at this age, he's got another fight. Uh, Punk has a fight coming up at uh, UFC 225 in Chicago. Uh, he's going to be fighting uh, Michael Jackson. That's the guy's name? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> wow. That's a uh, twist of fate. <laughs> Dude, I, I read that and I started laughing. That's uh, Speaking of UFC news, this is very interesting. They've got a card that's coming up. Well, by the time our listeners have heard this, it already happened Saturday. Uh, but did you hear about this Conor McGregor thing? Yeah, he threw like um, what are the like a, a dolly? Like he a, threw a dolly through the window of a fucking tour bus that had fighters on it and hurt one of the fighters badly enough he might not fight this weekend. And then Gregor got arrested and charged with assault this morning. Yep, that happened. Well, that would be a Friday morning for you folks, timey-wimey and stuff. <clears throat> Don't want to sound like we're late to the game. Anyways, so Fool's Week happened, Brando. We had Dick and Nick do our show. Uh, that was a interesting, very weird, but good episode of JIC where they talked a lot about a lot of nerdy things that we typically don't get down on, but they also did talk about stuff that we get down on. So it was it was, it was was good there. Uh, overall, though, how did you feel about this Fool's Week that we did? Should we do this again annually? We'll see. Let, let's kind of wait and see where things are lying maybe towards the end of this year, and we'll pose the question again amongst the hosts and everything to see if it's something that they wouldn't mind doing. Um because I don't want to say yes too far in advance. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've, I've heard none of it because I don't listen to our stuff. Um, I have too many podcasts. I have 24 podcasts in my feed. And I don't listen to a lot of our own stuff. Yeah, because I, I'm always playing catch up. Damn, so you haven't even heard the totally unique intro for Game Addicts. Nope. Wow. Nope. Because that because that's something I don't do. I don't listen to my own show because I've already done it. So it's like that's Well, a, this time you didn't. <laughs> yeah, that time I did not. Uh so no, I I haven't actually heard uh anything uh from Pools Week. And 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 that's not saying I, I wouldn't listen to it. I just man, I got I You're don't buried even, under podcast. Well, I don't even think about downloading our own stuff because it's like Okay, they did a show. Okay, they did a show. Okay, they did a show. Okay, they did, you know you know they do a show. You know, early on when we first started, you know, putting shows out for other people, you know, for the other hosts and everything. Yeah, I I I listen to it to get a flavor for what their show is. You know, it's going on because, of course, uh, early early on, and we're talking like behind the scenes here, when people were first submitting shows, we would listen to the first episode and kind of like gauge it and maybe even give some feedback. Before we even posted it live. But as we rolled on, and I want to say the last time I've listened to a show was probably October. Damn, bro, you way behind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but And that's just me. That's just me. Uh, I don't listen to the shows that I'm on. I, I don't listen to the shows that I do after I edit them or participate in them. 
and I'm, it's like I'm here, I record, I work, and then I kind of move on and uh, roll on to uh, roll on to the next show or roll on to the next podcast. You know, I, currently I actually picked back up a really cool podcast out of the UK, wrestling twenty years ago. I fell off of that. I binged this podcast crazily over over the course of like four months. Oh yeah. I mean, because they started in like '93, and of course that was in 2013. They do episodes every month, and I started listening to them. Villains Con. Damn. And so Villains Con would have been was that 2016? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so Villains Con 2016 uh, was around that time is June. That's the first time I listened to them, and it was they, it was August of '93. Is was it was their first episode? They do three to four to five to six episodes a month, Damn. and they all release at the same time because they cover this month for WWF, this month for WCW, this month for ECW, this month for UFC, this month for boxing, this month for end of year awards, this month for what uh, pride? They 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 just did pride or, or whatever. This month for Tyson Holyfield, they 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 like they look back at a bunch of different stuff from twenty years. Wow! Uh, but I binged all of that crap, and it got to a point where I think September was the last month that I was caught up on, and then I just got lost on that one. <laughs> I got behind on that one, and and now we are in April, uh, and so the March episodes. For March of '98, are now up, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I want to listen to that." And I'm like, "Oh wait, back in October, got to go to October first, catch <sighs> up." So yeah, I I just listened to the coverage of the uh, HBK Take Your Hell in a Cell. Nice. And, and uh, because the way they do it, guys, they they almost go into character for the like 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 for the show. They go back into the time machine and cover it as if it's just happened. Oh, that's awesome. So they don't pretend like, or they don't even like go, well, you know, uh, way back then, they don't do the hindsight booking. And when they try to make guesses on where they're going, of course, they have the, they know where they go. But they try but to come up. say, well, what could they have also done? Well, they don't even pose it like that. They pose it of what should they do or what is they what are they going to do? And you try to come up with the, even though you know exactly where they've gone, and that is you you can say that's something that they could do, but you also try to come up with some few other things. But it's always posed. It's always presented in a way as if it's being covered or a radio broadcast. Or, um, uh, I also like the way that it seems the dude always has like one or two people on to like discuss and review. And uh sometimes there there's a break in it where he does a pre-recorded um TV results. Where like it's him Sweet. it's him reading the results with the music from the theme show in the background. It's like really cool sounding, but it's obvious that he does that separately from the discussions from the other two um dudes. There's one dude on there and it took me several episodes to be able to understand him. Oh damn! He, he's a he's a very thick accent, like like I don't, I don't know if it's Scottish 
Some sort of Irish? I don't know. No accent. It's from New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> and where? New Orleans, Big Easy. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. New Orleans. It's big Easy. Big, yeah, big Easy. But, but he just the way that he talks. Yeah, uh, his name is Rory Macarura, and it's like, like I, I do a very shitty job of it. And he just like he kind of mumbles and talks along, and it's funny because by the time like my wife heard it for the first time, I'm I'm already understanding him, and she's, she's going like, "What? What is fuck? he saying?" She's like, "I can't understand him." I'm like, "You get used to it." <laughs> but no, dude, I, I started listening to that. Um, I'm just gonna do a quick shout out to some of the shows I have on here. Uh, ENC's Pod of Awesomeness, Fat Man on Batman. Uh, love Fat Man on Batman. Going in Raw. Of course, uh, did you know the Bob and Tom Something to show. wrestle. Yeah, something to wrestle, of course. I, I, I was, I was going to get there, but the Bob and Tom oh, show post some stuff on like on here every once in a while. Really? And it's like, sometimes it's like an interview clip or uh, they do like a Facebook Q&A that they'll put on there. Uh, they actually have Full episode from live in Cincinnati for opening day. And, uh, of course, uh, I saw this a while back. Because they don't post every single day or every week. They just pick something sometimes and put it up. December 8th. Full show. Uh, Bob Kavoyan was the guest host on the show. Because he's retired and gone. But Tom was out due to a... uh, I think it's his daughter was having surgery, so the so Bob came in for the day and helped out. Something to Russell is a great show. The Eddie Trunk podcast. Uh, Eddie Trunk was one of the hosts, of course, on that metal show, and he has his own radio show on Sirius XM. And the podcast is sort of basically like excerpts from inter- from from like interviews from that show. Um, ah, <clears throat> but it's kind of cool be- because it's it's sort of like it cuts down the fat. Of listening to an entire two to three hour radio show, and with a little bit of interview stuff. Yeah, I listened to his interview with um, uh, Bruce Dickinson uh, from Iron Maiden, the lead singer. And uh, Bruce was promoting a book. He wrote a book finally about his career and his life called "What Does This Button Do?" It's kind of a a joke. It's a, it's like a pilot joke. Um, you know, whenever you bring, you know, you know, pilots will pretend like they don't know what they're doing in the cockpit and do all that stuff. But, uh, then of course the Joe Rogan show, I don't listen to that as much anymore. Honestly, I haven't listened to it probably since a thousand cause he's already on 1100 already. Same. I probably haven't listened since a thousand. He, man, he's just a podcasting machine, man. He does one sometimes two a day. It's crazy. A day. A day. I know. It is absolutely He crazy. loves to fucking talk. I actually just saw a thing with Joe Rogan about uh, he, uh, I did see a clip from recently because he was reflecting on the fact that there was a whole battle that happened between him and Carlos Mencia. Do you know about mm-hmm. that? Yeah, about Carlos stealing, stealing jokes and stuff. He was at the Laugh Factory and, and, uh, and Rogan called him out on it. 
essentially Rogan got banned or whatever. I don't know if it was a laugh factory. I think it was laugh factory. He got banned for life because of it or whatever and all this bullshit, but he was in the right. And like you watch the video and I like went back and watched it and I was like, wow, how did I not even fucking know about this in 2007? Like what? How's that? That's so crazy that I have. And this is MySpace days, man. Joe Rogan was doing like essentially podcasting on the MySpace through video blogs, you know, vlogs or what have you. So, uh, yeah, I love Rogan, man. Absolutely. So the last show, um, the last show that I want to plug here is called the Potterotica podcast. I found this, uh, through Podbean, I think. Um, but anyway, it is literally like, like two girls and a guy and they read crazy, funny, silly Harry Potter erotica. And some of the episode names are hilarious. Professor, Professor Cumbridge. (sighs) There's a visual image. (laughs) Bludger, I hardly know her. Uh, I see what you did there. Uh, oh no, I don't want to listen to that. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. Can you zero fill the love tonight? Finger blast from the past between a cock and a hard place. Uh. Pregnant pause. Ron's tiny problem. <laughs> oh Jesus! I know. Wolf star of David. I heard that Ron's a micro pianist. <laughs> Thruple trouble. Hey, happy butt, happy butt Halloween. Gross. Masturbation managed. Okay. Give a dog a boner. <laughs> 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 Wow. Wow. <laughs> the boy Low who licked. Wow, at its finest. Oh, man. Um, uh, yes. Like, this show, like, literally, they, like, I don't know if they uh, if they drink or whatever <laughs> they do, but they just have fun and they <laughs> prolong us ejaculus. <laughs> oh. There's one that says, New Al, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> New Al, who dis? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, I listen to quite a lot of podcasts when I'm uh, driving or when I'm trying to fall asleep. Uh, and sometimes, well, since October, our shows really haven't made the cut for that. But that does not mean that they are not great shows. And that doesn't mean that I don't completely 100% endorse them. The thing is, is that, you know, uh, they're on their own journey, man. They, you know, they are on their own journeys and, uh, you know, like I'm on a lot of them. So it's like, I don't, I don't have to listen to the shows I've already done, but I, I, but you all definitely should because you guys haven't done them. That's true. They aren't on our podcast network going to Patriot. And, and, and if they're not on our podcast network, they should go to our Patreon and go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a buck or three. You guys know the deal. Dollar gets you early access. Three bucks gets you early access and exclusive content, including all the episodes of the Road to Infinity War, a journey into wrestling special, a butt stuff special, a 
we did a comic club. There's like three poor poor specials that covered certain fall TV shows that came out. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's like uh, there was a special within a special where Deadpool was covered within the MCU Road to Infinity War, even though it's not technically a part of it. But you could argue that I guess maybe it is. I don't know. Um, that's all I have there. It's officially time to start the show, though, Brando, I think. Let's uh, get into some horror business here. Did you hear this news with Stan Lee? Do you know about this? You sent me the link, and, like, the headline made me raise an eyebrow, and I figured I would just wait to let you, like, say it, because I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, so, first of all, let's just say Stan Lee's having a bad year, and I mean, like, most people who are 95 have, like, regular problems, like, they can't, like, incontinence and shit and stuff like that and whatnot, but, like... Stan Lee's got big boy problems where like over a million dollars has been stolen from his accounts in the past year. He's been accused of sexual assault. He uh, lost his wife uh, of many, many years. Uh, but this one, man, this one's where shit gets really weird. One of his former business associates had enough vials of blood drawn from Stan Lee that he felt, quote, woozy and dizzy and disoriented. The, that blood was then put into some sort of filtration system or some shit was done to it and purified and then turned into multicolored inks and put into pens that Stan signed stuff with unbeknownst to him that his blood was in. There are also certificates of authenticity for these bloody prints with his blood inside of them. He didn't even know were a thing. So how do we know this? Well, here's the fucking crazy thing. So this, the blood was stolen. And, you know, that was the the great mystery. The blood was drawn from Stan Lee, the great mystery of what's going to happen with it. It was believed they were going to use it to do this thing with the signatures. Um, and then all of a sudden in Las Vegas in a comic shop, two uh, Black Panther comics, which were signed by Stan Lee, one in light blue and one in gold, um, with certificates of authenticity, blood tificates of authenticity, I guess you'd say. It's a bloody mess. Uh, there's a pun in there to be had somewhere. But, uh, yeah, they showed up at this comic shop, the blue signature being worth $250, the gold signature being a $500 book. Neither were sold because it was immediately reported to the authorities that something was awry, and of course, uh, possible file uh, charges are being filed. And this situation is still everlasting. But uh, you know, it's it's really sad. Stan's getting old, and people are trying to fuck with him and swindle him now. And it's just like, man, let this old dude who fucking created so much joy in our world live his fucking final years in some motherfucking peace, man. Damn. It's ridiculous. I mean, why would you do that? Like, like seriously, like just to make a buck? Well, you got to think that, yes, exactly just to make a buck. Uh, in, in, the, in the thing that I was reading about what has happened to Stan Lee, the business of – I don't know if the business partner is, this, is the same one guy that has done all these different things. I don't know if there are multiple business partners that swindled him and fucked him over. Um, so that conjecture, I don't know. Uh, but apparently one of the business partners or the business partner bought an $800,000 condo on Stanley's dime without him knowing until much later. Like filtered $800,000 out and bought this dope-ass condo with Stanley's money. Damn. People are dirtbags, man. I, 
and, and number and number two, number two. All right. Ooh, go on a rant, Brando. Brando rants. Brando rants. I don't want to own anything signed with anybody's blood. That's kind Fucking of disgusting. Weird. I don't care if it's it purified, coagulated, pasteurized. I don't care. <laughs> pasteurized blood. <laughs> oh my God, Stanley's pasteurized blood. That's the episode title. God, I mean, I who? I don't want to. If like, I I wouldn't even seek that out. I was like, do you want to buy this book? It's in Stanley's blood. It's like, fuck no. I am not a vampire. Do you remember, Nate? I um, like the bad reading of a break of a breakup letter. Yes. Then there was bad reading of a Twilight fan fiction. Yes, that's fucking hilarious. And for some reason, like when I said I'm not a vampire, I almost said I am not vampy. I'm not vampy. <laughs> like, and I am vampy too. <laughs> Just from that. St- Every almost every day at work, we we quote something from that, and what I mean by that is, uh, uh, in the bad Twilight fan fiction, it says that Edward or Edvarf or Edvard, it, it, he's called all of these in the same thing, um, has sex with the original Dracula for six house. <laughs> for six house for six house Jesus and, Christ. and it good <laughs> so at work when things go down we always yell 10 house <laughs> 10 house <laughs> yeah so Rain. okay i want to update real quick that i looked at it and it is the same guy that stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from the comic icon also forged documents to ex- obtain expensive real estate in his name that's how he did it and uh stole the blood same guy did all so the shit. The, it's the same asshole yeah he's one singular asshole <laughs> not multiple Assholes. He is one singular asshole that is responsible for an ass disaster. Yeah, blast master ass disaster. <laughs> I feel like some of those Subaru posts. Blast master ass disaster, man. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, but here's what it says. I wanted to read this to clear up this thing about the Stanley thing real quick. Hand stamped signature of Stanley using Stanley's solvent DNA ink. Um, and then here, I'll actually send this to you. This is from TMZ. Hopefully, it doesn't play a fucking clip or audio. Sometimes that shit happens, you know. Uh, so you can see the actual picture of what the uh, what it actually looks like. It says, uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if I can actually read this. It says, uh, through proof of this certificate, authenticators and recognizes this product as genuine and integral part of the movement of mutual respect throughout the United States and beyond. And then it says, hand stamp signature of Stanley using Stanley's solvent DNA ink. It has a certificate number, Zip Hub, an Avengers station certificate. Uh, and the hand of respect, which I guess is something that's custom to Stan Lee. 
Designed by his blood, dude. It's ridiculous. It's it's legitimately shocking. Do you know what else is shocking, Brando? We haven't really discussed two great mysteries here. Uh, one, where the fuck is Hawkeye in the Avengers trailers? Uh, do you are you curious about that, or do you just think, man, he's got to be doing something very specific that they aren't ready to show us yet? I thought he was retired. See, that's what I thought too from Civil War. He retires, however, he unretires and he gets in the fight and ends up in jail at the end of the movie. If you remember, he ends up in the raft with Ant Man and Falcon and Scarlet Witch, also as well. Yeah, is there because those four that were on Team Cap, and then Cap of course lets them out. So if Barton retired, maybe he's retired, but maybe he could be the last Avenger. I don't know. Uh, I do know that the Russos said that all will be explained when people see the movie. It's all tied to the story. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Brando, and this is like subtexting the thing we're already talking about within the thing we're already talking about. But uh, did you see this thing where uh, they're doing screenings for Infinity War, but they're not actually showing the full movie? Yeah, they're going to wait to show the full movie until the actual premiere at the theater in L.A. And they released uh, a letter you know, saying, you know, telling people don't spoil this movie for other people. And Tom Holland tweeted like, they originally said that to me. They probably wrote this for me. Yeah, this is all my fault, I think. Um, but uh, I'll read that, Brando, unless you want to. Do you want to read it? I don't have it up. You do not have it up. <laughs> so, okay, no. so no. I so won't no, I won't Okay. Uh, so I will pull it up and read it here, folks. It says, to the greatest fans in the world. We're about to embark on the Avengers Infinity War press tour. We will be visiting fans all over the world, screening only a limited amount of selected footage from the film in order to avoid spoiling the story for future viewers. We will not screen the film in its entirety until the Los Angeles premiere shortly before the film's global release. Everyone involved with the film has worked incredibly hard over the past two years maintaining the highest level of secrecy. Only a handful of people know its true plot. We're, what we're asking here is that when you see Infinity War in the coming months, that you maintain the same level of secrecy so that all fans can have an equal experience uh, when they watch it for the first time. Don't spoil it for others the same way you wouldn't want it spoiled for you. Good luck and happy viewing. The Russo Brothers. Hashtag Thanos demands your silence. Brando, what do you think about it? It's cool. Cool. I like that. I like how cool it is. You should reset your uh, camera, I think. Uh, however, I want to say that Funny or Die also, well, they actually uh, unfiltered the letter that the Russos wrote and actually shared the first draft of that letter to the world. So from Funny or Die, uh this is the same Russo letter, just what they actually wanted to tell us. Uh, to the biggest group of assholes in the world, we're about to drop this new Avengers shit right on your grill. Worldwide, baby. And we're working really hard on this fucking thing. Look at the credits after all 17 necessary mid-credit scenes. There's like 100 million special effects people who haven't seen their kids in years because they were rendering Thor's pubes. All we ask of you godless sons of bitches is to just not ruin this movie for folks who don't want to see it right at midnight because they don't want to sit next to people like you 
because a lot of you smell like Thor's pubes. So please, don't jump on the internet and spoil it, even though we know you will, because that's all you have in your miserable existence. Suck dicks in the rain, the Russo brothers. <laughs> Hashtag Thanos demands Thor's pubes. <laughs> so yeah, they, uh, they made that letter, and I love it. I hope, I'm very hopeful that moving forward we do stay spoiler free i know like i said i'm still going to go see it thursday at midnight so i don't have any opportunity to be spoiled uh however i mean i feel like fans have been really good as of late brando no one fucking really spoiled last jedi no one really spoiled fucking force awakens i feel like the epidemic of spoiling these big movies people are anticipating has actually gone away pretty good i feel like people are good enough to not like let that shit get shared and shut that shit down pretty fast you know yeah, I mean, I, I guess Solo is getting a screening at Cannes Film Festival, so it's going to be seen a few days early. Um, and also, not to go off topic, but Ron sure. Howard has said we're getting another Solo trailer. Ooh. You almost, Bet it drops with Infinity War. I, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. And you almost went to a Yoda there. <laughs> mm. New trailer, you say? Mm. So, so how you speak. Mm, know him, I do. Yes. Mm. But meet him, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> like. Mm, love Yoda, I do. Uh, speak upon him, I will. Uh, Avengers Infinity War Theater Standy gives first look at Iron Spider Arms. <laughs> okay i'm done with that anyways brando yeah we finally got our first look at the iron spider arms in action well yep. not really in action in standee mode it's pretty but cool. it confirms that man and i feel like uh when we've been seeing in the first trailers of infinity war when we first saw that trailer and you see spidey standing tall for the first time you know on that spinning q ship yeah I feel like that the Iron Spider legs are out in that scene and they've been photoshopped out specifically to save because people they want people to actually experience that as close to the film's release as possible hmm. without it being in early footage. You know, I, I don't mean, know. I think it'd be a cool way for Parker to climb that son of a bitch, you know? Yeah. Having those arms like extra attached to the sides and trying to lift him. I know that uh, from the few things that people have seen... I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, somebody has recently talked about what they thought about what they got to see um, when they saw a little screening for Infinity War. And I want to share that person's thoughts with you. This is a fan reaction um, at Joe D-O-T-I-E. That's Joe Dotti. Uh, we saw 24 minutes of Avengers Infinity War today, and now we just want to watch it all. It's funny. The action is epic, and the villains look spectacular. Plus, goatees, Groot, and the sneak peek is more quotable than most feature-length films. Damn. Marvel fans are in for an amazing treat is the final hashtag with a fist bump. So I read where... Um Wow, now brain fart on the, the, the director for Guardians. James Gunn. James, James Gunn. I got wrote you. the Guardians dialogue. Yep. 
And uh, Ryan Coogler wrote a lot of the stuff for Black Panther characters and how they would interact. And from what I understand, the movie actually feels like a bunch of sub-movies. Like, it's a heist movie, essentially, and this, like, ultimate goal type thing. But every aspect is told from a different angle with a different emotion and feel. And even the music shifts a little bit. And there's, you know, tonal changes that they play with. And I heard that this movie's really funny, but it has a lot of serious shit in it. So, um, I feel like Marvel's setting up for the fucking Grand Slam they've been planning for since 2008. I don't care how much they want to say they haven't been planning for this. Like, they did a really great job of slowly building the groundwork, knowing how to do what they did when they did it. Of course, they fumbled a couple times along the way, and then here we are. And it looks it looks like it could be fucking epic, well, when, bro. When you look at Iron Man, literally the only thing in that movie that, that leads you to the future is the, you know, coda at the end. And literally, Feige had to fight to get that in. Yeah, he's like, seriously, trust me. You know, Feige has been wanting... Uh, apparently, Feige has been wanting this since the 90s. And, well, you uh, know, he was an executive producer for the original X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. And you know that he tried to champion them to do that back then with that trilogy as well? Yeah. Isn't that crazy to you? Like, this guy has been so fucking ahead of the game for so long... <laughs> And all of a sudden, he has Disney's money to play with. Right. Well, you know, and the thing is, is that the the first Iron Man movie has was in development since 1990. Wow. And That's a originally, time. originally Fox had the rights, and they also had the the X Men rights. They were kind of working on that. Eventually, they sold the rights to. To New Line, okay, which is a Turner company, and New Line had it and was working on the project until about 2006 when they finally gave up on it, and the rights defaulted back to Marvel, and here's Marvel going, you know what? Let's try this. Let's pick this some bitch up and run. No director would touch it. Uh, they they finally got Favreau. And then they slowly built this thing, and they turned Iron Man from a B-C-list character. No offense to Iron Man. You're not wrong, bro. Uh, but Comic book Tony Stark is kind of a fucking joke, Junior. But I mean, round ball, man. Uh, but when it comes to, like, when you're looking at your A-list Marvel characters, he's not one of them, or at least wasn't. And now he is because of the movies, because of absolutely, because of what they've been able to do. And then so that's your groundwork. And then you slowly start trying to piece it together to get, you know, planning this whole thing since then. I think he was just trying to get the ball rolling. And then once he got one film and then 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 he. okay, so then that was super successful. Had, Had that not been successful, it wouldn't have spawned anything. Because then that leads to eventually another movie with another character, another movie with another character, and then there's enough groundwork there to lay together an actual Avengers movie. Hey, crazy. So let's do that. Let's try our hand at that. And then once you know, then you're in the, like then you're in the thick of things and you're rolling and you've already got this thing going. All you gotta do is keep it going and not mess it up. 
They almost messed it up, man. Well, a couple a times. Of phase, a little bit of phase two there coming out of the Avengers. You could have had, I mean, really coming out of the Avengers, you had the dipping point in the MCU with Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World. But then it ramped right back up with Civil with uh, with Winter Soldier. So, um, did you, you saw the poster, the new poster? Yeah. Did you see the, the new poster with all the faces and shit and there's the Avengers symbol in the middle? Yeah. They had like hid a bunch of IMAX logos in the flames and shit, and you can find those. And it's just like, because you see more with IMAX, you know? So they're like hyping the more thing. Also, though, by the A, you can faintly make out a character that has yet to be seen in anything else. And I'm fucking almost 100%. It is either legit Janet Van Dyne or Ant Man. But one of the two is in the poster. You can't even really see him. But if you look over by Scarlet Witch, by the A for Avengers, there's this faint shape of a human body that looks like it could either have wings or something that's very little Ant-Man-esque type thing. How cool would it be if, if, if he is in every single poster, but he you just can't see him? Oh, man. And then they're like, good luck finding Ant-Man in every poster. And we're all like, wait, what? Really? Right. And Are it ends up being serious? like, where's Waldo? And yeah. maybe even if like maybe you might even need like a magnifying glass. How cool would that, that would be, be radical? That would be absolutely that's like radical. next level like, shit though. Yeah, they probably aren't that thinking ahead. I I will say there's another another thing I saw. Um Elizabeth Olsen, do you see she's super pissed off? No. Yeah, uh, they released the pictures or they released the entertainment weekly covers for the bullshit or whatever. And, uh, yeah, bro, they fucking changed how her face looks because of how much Photoshop work they did. Really? And she was like, this is not how I fucking look. Tell me this is not how I look. And, yeah, so it kind of called into question, like, are they kind of fucking up by always Photoshopping the ever-loving shit out of everything? And the answer is yes, they are. Um, hate that fake-ass bullshit anyways. Brando, I'm going to give you a quick breather here, my friend, uh, leading into us. Act go oh, Did you have something? I was just saying, like, hey, if you're going to give me a breather, I'm going to go grab me like a thing of water. Okay, well, while Brando's grabbing himself a beverage, folks, I'm actually going to get into a little bit of spoilerific news. But guess what? We're journeying to comics, and we're covering motherfucking comics. It's a resurgence of our show. We're coming back in style with some actual comic book news. I've been doing a better job of reading here lately. And uh, I just wanted to get in with you guys that as of late, I got back into the Spider-Man series. Of course, I love Amazing Spider-Man. It's one of my favorites. And of course, uh, not only do I love it, uh, it's one of my biggest collections. So Dan Slott is about to leave Spider-Man. He's only got four issues left, 797, 798, 799, and then issue 800 of Amazing Spider-Man. In 797, it's essentially an issue where uh, Norman Osborn is torturing a person who we don't see trying to figure out if he can figure out who in the fuck is actually uh, who actually is Spider-Man because Norman doesn't know. He can't remember, right? So Norman's all like thrown off and he doesn't, he doesn't know what's going on. He's been stripped of the serum that made him Green Goblin so he can't be Green Goblin anymore. At least that's what we think. At the end of 797, spoiler alert, we learn... He has been torturing J. Jonah Jameson. And Jonah gives Parker up. 
He doesn't mean to, but he says one too many things, and Norman figures it out, and he pieces it together, and it's all too late. So the issue 798 happens, and it's a fucking kicking the balls right out of the gate. Uh, Parker is at uh, the Daily Bugle, and there has been some stuff stolen from Alchemex, and um, it's this precious metal that's uh, dangerous. And Parker's like, "Oh, we could just use the radar. To, we can just use the radar system on top of the Daily Bugle that we do, or the Daily Plant. Wait, Daily Bugle, Daily Bugle. Uh, on top of the Daily Bugle. <laughs> I was like, Superman. Wait, are we fucking Daily 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 Double here? But uh, yeah. So he's like, okay. So if we use that, and then they're like, oh, well, the the metal is coming towards us at like an extreme rate of speed. What the fuck? And just as that happens, boom, Green Goblin smashes into the Daily Bugle and says, you know, you guys have to give him up. You know, I know that Spider-Man's somewhere, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of a long game here. So essentially what happens is Parker escapes, goes and becomes Spidey. He comes back and the metal is about to blow. He, uh, Green Goblin has set the metal to explode. And Parker creates a shield around the metal. He creates a shield around himself, and the thing explodes. What we see next is um, Norman Osborn impaled. He's dying. He's just—it's very similar to how he died back in uh, issue 122 of Amazing Spider-Man when he was impaled by his own um, glider. However, this time he's impaled on metal that's in the building. He kind of looks a little bit like Deadpool in uh, the Deadpool movie. And uh, Parker's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't, I couldn't save you, Norman. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't save you. This is all my fault. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know. And Norman starts laughing. And boom, out of fucking nowhere, his blood starts coagulating and changing, and wraps around Norman, and he becomes Red Goblin, because he has the Carnage symbiote on him, and it's fueling him. And now he's unstoppable, and that's like the la- like one of the last pages you see in Amazing Spider-Man seven ninety eight, and then it's uh, get ready for one of the last two issues here because seven ninety nine is not too far away, and then eight hundred is the finale of this where we're gonna see where Dan Slott puts Spidey in the future. Um, very uncertain of what they're gonna do, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Brando, welcome back to the show. Glad to be back here, and of course, let's add to the Spider-Man talk with a new game coming out for PS4, exclusive to the PS4. Spider-Man will be released on September 7th of this year, and will include playable Mary Jane. Run tell that, I'm going to get that. Absolutely, I'm going to be picking this game up day one. There's three editions available, your regular... Uh, you know, standard fare, uh, digital deluxe, and then the collector's edition, which comes with a statue that's going to be revealed this summer. Oh, they haven't revealed the statue yet. Mm-mm. But they, you are going to get some unlockable uh, content. No microtransactions in this game. And uh, when, when you that. buy the collector's edition or the, or the digital deluxe, you do get access to the three expandable DLCs called Spider-Man, The City That Never Sleeps. Uh, that was also me accidentally sending you a thumbs up. <laughs> I was trying to look at the rundown and I sent you a thumbs up. I'm so excited for the Spider-Man game. It looks absolutely phenomenal. I love that they're introducing Mr. Negative into a bigger role. The duality of that character is really cool. Uh, he debuts back in uh, 565, I think. Big Day storyline that started way back when. 
um, Mr. Negative, awesome, awesome character to dive into. And then, of course, they're going to have all the other Spider-Man villains involved some way, shape, or form in this story. Um, it looks great. I bet it's going to play like a fucking dream. This is essentially my dream come true way back on the first Nerds of the Roundtable episode 40 of Journey into Comics. That's 146 episodes ago, folks. I said that I wanted a rock star or rock steady like game based on the Spider-Man universe. And it pretty much is at our fucking door finally. Being made by Insomniac of all people. And I'm excited Jesus. for that. Absolutely. I mean, legendary Insomniac. Uh, they uh, What all has Insomniac done? Brando, lay us some thick video game Ratchet knowledge. Clank. Yeah, fucking love Ratchet and Clank games. Do they do Dax and no, no, Jack da- and Daxter? Uh, Jack and Daxter, that was uh, Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog, that's the Uncharted people. Uh, Insomniac, was that? Did they also do Spyro? Or was, am I making that did up? They, did they do um, Abe's Odyssey? Oddworld? I'm looking them up right now. Looking them up. Brandon's going to get on the Google machines, Googleplex. And they're going to tell them what's going on. Absolutely. Because, I I mean, I definitely don't want to get them wrong. I definitely know that they they were the ones that were behind, of course, Ratchet and Clank. I want to get all of them. Or at least. Yeah. I was right. Spyro. Boom. Hell yeah. They just announced they're doing a Spyro. Oh, wait. That's their next project? Yeah. They just announced that. It wasn't their... Was that their first one? Yeah, okay, they did the old ones. They did the old uh, Spyros. They did Ratchet and Clank. And then the Resistance uh, trilogy. And then they've done a bunch of other stuff. Fruit Fusion. Sunset. Oh, Sunset Overdrive for the Xbox One. They did that one. Cool. That that title reminds me a lot of like a Dreamcast era type game. Like your big arcade m- Mixing uh, rollerblading with crazy action. You know, we're on Spidey talk. I guess we can just throw it down, Brando. There's more kind of Spider-Man news, I guess, based on the movie world. Big rumor on who's playing somebody. Oh, yes. Woody Harrelson. Uh, That's a fucking amazing possibility. Um, Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, If that is true, I'm instantly intrigued. Because I mean, I mean, Woody Harrelson's an awesome actor, and he can definitely play crazy. He might be a little old for this version, but I think it could still work. Um, maybe it wouldn't be exactly the maniacal type carnage that we're used to, but maybe a more cerebral, insane. I don't know, man. My thing is this: think about Woody Harrelson as a person, and you don't have to have him dialed up to 11 and also do all the actiony bits. He can dial up to 11 and once Carnage once Carnage comes out to play, it's going to be of dude in a suit CGI to shit because it has to be to look right. So Woody Harrelson's going to turn into the voice. They're going to modulate his voice and make it all fucking crazy and then at that point he's mostly a voice actor. So Think about Woody Harrelson as a dude who's in prison, who's unhappy. He's kind of gone crazy because he's unhappy and he's all fucking psychotic and then is given this gift of the symbiote, you know? Um, I almost thought you were going to say because he's in prison, because he's unhappy, (laughs) he gets the symbiote because he's unhappy. I thought you were going to keep the unhappy thing just going. Everything he gets, he's still unhappy. (laughs) He... He gets a new wife. He's still unhappy. He got a new car. Still unhappy. Won the fucking lotto. Still unhappy. 
that the end, that's just a sad ass story. Okay. Anyways, so yeah, that's what we got. I'm super excited for the possibilities of Woody Harrelson being uh, Carnage. That's going to be great. Um, so that is the bomb dot and uh, Brando, let's move into some other comic booking news. One that you actually have probably read. Yeah, I actually had time to read. Well, I I had to try and squeeze the last one in because, well, um, didn't have access to it, did I? It didn't show up when it should have. No, 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 but things. it ran, ran, ran into the nick of time. So we're going to be talking about the uh, Doomsday Clock, issue number four. Yeah. And, of course, this issue, guys, it's all about the origin of the new Rorschach. Yeah, it is. And I love it. Am I still here? Do you still see me? Yeah, I, I, I still see you. I just okay, said I, I love it, and then you're all like, uh... Because uh, I was trying to actually pull the ep, the issue up so I can kind of like side-by-side side it and make sure I don't miss any of the important stuff because this episode or this issue of this book did a lot of storytelling in a mm-hmm. small space of time. We kind of get a side-by-side story of some past stuff told through a different perspective of a kid and then some present stuff that kind of, uh, you know, this new Rorschach, man, he's gone through some shit. He has. I and I, I thought it was really neat and unique to have the identity of the new Rorschach be somewhat tied in some way, to Kovacs originally, you know, in the original Watchmen book with um, the uh, psychologist. Uh, it's his son. That, yeah, the 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 guy that's you know gets close to Rorschach before the before he gets out, um, and you know he's like, oh, he's you know the psychologist is looking to make like his career off of this guy and write a book, and then Kovacs, well, he ends up uh, escaping, but. Um, yeah, like that dude's son, that is the new Rorschach, and it's it's kind of cool that there's a little bit of a tie-in to the character at least. Yeah, and one thing that's interesting to note is there's a wolf in sheep's clothing in the whole issue, and you don't find out till the goddamn near end of this issue, because the psychologist in Arkham that's trying to treat the new Rorschach. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's his name? Uh, they they say his name a couple times. Robbie? Is it Robbie? I feel like Robbie is is Matthew. The right name. Wait, it was like Doctor Matthews, maybe. It's no, 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 not the doctor. I'm talking about the new Rorschach. Oh, the kid. his name is Rory or Robbie. It's one of the two. Well, I mean, you got it up, man. I'm trying to find the fucking panel that actually... Oh, it's Reggie. Reggie. So, the dude, Reggie, uh, you know, he's getting interviewed by this guy in Arkham who's asking him questions, trying to ask about the Batman. He's not really saying anything. He's a little bit trapped in his own PTSD. Uh, there's this... Uh, I love the way that this... this there's this two pages side by side... The first panel on the first page is a car wreck that doesn't seem like it matters that much. And then it fades into him being an Arkham mixed with having been in that accident uh, around the time that the Dr. Manhattan bomb explodes. And then at the end of the second page is the aftermath of that accident. And then it goes back to Arkham and back and forth and back and forth. 
And then, uh, you know, uh, Reggie learns about this new dude who um, is Mothman. And um, overall, man, this was a dope issue of this book. Furthering telling the story, making it um, a slow build and personal and how he got the items and, you know, somebody sneaking him stuff here and there trying to be helpful. A Mothman sneaking him stuff here and there trying to be helpful eventually gives him the Rorschach mask. Um, <clears throat> and there's just, there's, I mean, there's so much symbolism. Mothman uh, and Reggie set the place. Um, I guess it's Arkham on fire is what you were led to believe. Um, and then Mothman goes into the flame. No, no, that was in, that was in that's the other the old. That's the yeah. old. Okay, that is the yeah. Because it bounces, it bounces back and forth from his time before he gets out as the new Rorschach, and he ends up trying to hunt down Vite. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, eventually, he does hunt him down, mm-hmm. and. What do you think? Is that a is that a death? I mean, oh my gosh! What Mothman? The fire. What about Mothman? The flame, calling to him. Moth into the flame. Yeah, <laughs> Metallica. But still, just the, just the Turner phrase, like yeah, like like of course he's drawn to the fire. <clears throat> I see it. He says, you know. See what, Byron? What do you see? Didn't understand, because you didn't need to understand, Mr. New Rorschach. And then, of course, the first time he holds the mask is after uh, Mothman is dead. I love love when he's holding the mask, and then the next panel on the next page is, like, the the ship kind of breaking through, like, the ice. And, like, the first panel kind of looks like part of the Rorschach mask, but it's actually, like, the broken up ice. I like it. Yeah. I really love good that art. Um, and then, of course, he ends up going to Vite's place. Do you think I can't? Does he does he kill him, or is this like he he starts to kill him and then he doesn't actually go through? No, no, no. He doesn't. He he doesn't kill Vite because Vite is, if you remember, Vite is the one who has brought him to this new to, to Gotham. That's right. That's right. And, that's right. That's right. I'm all uh, backwards. Because Vite says. That he has, uh, he has a problem. You know, he's got. Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna ruin this. Glioblastoma, like growing on his uh, frontal lobe, and unfortunately, the only person I trust to operate uh, on something like this is it like is myself. Um, and what Vi also says, you know, he goes, "So you want to like kill me?" You know. Then do it. Uh, make the world cheer in celebration, Rorschach. I wanted them to see a monster, but I am the monster. Oh, God, what have I done? What have I... I'm sorry. I saw the light too late. And then this Rorschach is feeling a, a sense of remorse and pain from him. And this is when they, you know, decide to... Uh, you know, go off on their journey, uh, and uh, kind of like it's almost kind of like showing uh, 
showing the making of, you know, this new yeah. uh, pairing. And then what, what you said about sheep's clothing, it really seems like the uh, the new doctor, Matthew, uh, whatever his last name is, in, in Arkham, the one that's like kind of interviewing him there. I saw the name and I scrolled right past it. My son of a son of a gun. Here he is. Here's the dude, Matthew Mason. Well, we see the mask and his stuff sitting on the table, which right in front of Batman and Alfred. So, is it is it Alfred? No, I think it was Bruce. You think it was Bruce? It says, uh, "Yes, you certainly did, Master Wayne." As I stated, I shouldn't, I wouldn't have left someone like him alone in Arkham. He knows too much, and now. And we didn't know enough. So you, okay, so you actually think it was Bruce? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Bruce wanted to keep a close eye on him and and see what he did in this situation. What he would say? Is he crazy? Is he calm? You know, only he would know firsthand what this guy was like. Because I mean, like he's gonna send Ark uh, Alfred into Arkham. That would be a travesty gone wrong. I do like how the how the book opens with the uh, with with the pancakes that Alfred made. For him, yeah. and a few issues back, and then the next play is like the the potato slop from the prison that he's just getting thrown. And looks like in like the third panel that we've got Abraham Lincoln just hanging out in the background, wait waiting to get his slop of potatoes. Wait, what? I'm going there now. Oh, I do see Abe Lincoln. Holy shit, that guy looks like Abraham fucking Lincoln straight up. And then also kind of Zebra Man, whatever. Yeah. And then the the guy on the very, very like far left almost kind of looks like the ventriloquist. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Or could be, uh, yeah, probably more the ventriloquist than Calendar Man. Um, but love, love, love this issue. Of the this Mr. Story. Freeze cameo, too. Oh, uh, yes. In the, when, in the second panel. It's like in the hallway, oh, that, uh, and then like Reggie's kind of getting beat up a little bit, and then you see Freeze looking at. He's holding the what was that a, the a flower? Or? He's hold yeah the the flower of the little thing of Nora. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, what it it's is, that but... one little uh, like kind of like ballerina type uh, yeah. trinket that yeah like kind of like the music box. That's a callback to the animated series. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. Uh, but yeah, man, this book is awesome. It obviously ends with, um, let's see, I love this last, uh, but what is light? Different for everyone, but everyone looking. See what we want to see, no matter how small or big we are. And it looked like maybe this last time the bug disappeared really instead of dying. Does that mean that we are about to see in the next issue the first official appearance of Manhattan like in more than a cameo role? Like I feel like that seems like a total possibility for me is that this uh you know all of a sudden bug zap that ends with Oh wait, hold on. I guess you can, I can't fucking tell. Damn it. trying to see here brando anyways i loved this book it they they kill it 
they're doing great things. I hope that this is, I feel like this is a slow build and that by the time this Watchmen series with uh, Doomsday Clock is done, that they are going to really be integrated back into DC and be a big, important part of the future of DC Comics, which I think it needs, honestly. (laughs) Got one more book to talk about. Yeah, we do. What do you think? I liked it. Uh, Carry the story a little bit forward, a little bit more. Of course, we're talking about Walking Dead 178. Um, We are still at the Commonwealth. We haven't gone back to see what's going on with... Actually, there was a little bit of Hilltop there. Uh, A little bit of Rickage. Rickage? Yeah, remember when uh, Rick was talking to uh, was it Nicholas or whatever the the guy he's meant the kid he's mentoring whose brother just died. Like last ep- last issue, remember? Well, uh, in this issue, it's at the hilltop, and there's Dante and Maggie. Oh yeah, I got you. Sorry, sorry. Cross the streams. It's happening tonight. That's the kind of night I'm on. Go ahead. Yeah, like. Like a little bit of hilltop, it's when Sophia freaks out and calls She's Maggie a whore. Off. Your mother was a whore, you egg sucking dog. My brother Adrian hit me in the face with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Popeye's chicken's fucking awesome. Oh, man. Uh, Brando. This issue of The Walking Dead did a lot of little building that built to something much bigger because, like you said, you had the little thing with Dante and Maggie and Sophia's calling her a whore. And then, of course, Sophia and Carl have an interesting conversation and interaction um, that you will never see on the show. No, because they're both dead. (laughs) Sorry, I had to. (coughs) I'll edit that cough out. Shit. Anyways. So Carl and Sophia are discussing, like, Sophia's feelings and why she's so upset. And Carl's like, look, when my dad found Andrea, I was happy for him. And I hope that he finds someone else now that Andrea's gone. Like, I would not ever want him to just be resolved to being alone for the rest of his days. That's a a shitty fucking existence, you know. And Sophia's very upset, and she's definitely not as forgiving. And then in an interesting twist of fate, not real daughter to not real mom, we shift to real daughter, real mom, long time no see, and Elodie hates, well, she admits she hated the idea of Michonne Mm -hmm. because she grew up without Michonne in this fucked up world, and now here we are. What were your thoughts on that interaction? I liked it because what else was she supposed to do? You know, How else would she react when she thought about her uh, being abandoned by her mom? And being put in this situation with her sister and then her dad. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of negative feelings there. And then, as she said, they all kind of washed away the moment that she actually saw her. She's like, oh, shit, you're a real person and you didn't, from what I understand, now abandon me. And this is much more hard, much more difficult to navigate my feelings And I love that she's like, I might not be happy with you. I might not accept you. I might not want you around. I might not this. And everything that she says, Michonne's like, that's fine. I'll be here when you're ready. No worries. No rush. I'm not upset. I get it. I would hate me too. When you're ready, I'm here. 
like arms wide open, smiles. And then it's like, oh, hunky-dory, we're getting out of Commonwealth. Michonne has um, essentially come to terms, and she says, look, if Elodie says you guys are good people, then I think you guys are good people. And if she says we could, you know, work with you guys, that's all the trust I need was from my daughter's mouth to tell me these things. Um, So everything seems cool. And then it's really, really not cool because the fucking Pamela Hilton's douchey son, Mayor McFuckduck, I can't think of his name. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the biggest idiot that ever fucking walked Earth. They are, what are dude, Kurtman doing? is just making him the most easily hated character in this entire book. Absolutely. Uh, let's Let's go here. What's this guy's fucking name again? Because I can't think about it. Oh, 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 right here it is. It's, uh... Governor Milton's son, Sebastian. And Sebastian comes on to Yumiko. Of course, Yumiko and Magna are in a relationship together. You're right. And not at all interested in the kind of sausage that Sebastian is slinging. So uh, she says, I'd rather not. He's like, I know you're new here, but I promise to make I make a much better ally than an enemy. He's trying to be all fucking perverse and pushy like some men are. Of course, Magna sees this and says, no, fucking get the fuck, get your hands off my girl. And Sebastian pushes her, which is like, holy fuck moment. Because now, now, you know, Magna's on the floor and who steps up to the plate, Brando, but the, the the queen herself, the princess. I know she's not a queen if she's a princess. I get how that sounded <laughs> wrong, but the the princess herself. Hey, you big meanie, what the heck is your problem? And she pulls her spear on them, and then of course he's like, "Do something," but they don't really want to. And then um, I love that princess is like, "You guys are gonna make me put on my put my goggles down, aren't you?" And Michonne's like, "Seriously, don't do this. Like, let's not go there." And she's like, too late, already going there. And she starts beating the shit out of all these guards. And she takes them almost all out, except for Mercer, who is very pissed off. Um, And a a little bit bummed out that he has to deal with Sebastian's dumb fucking bullshit again. Sebastian's like, arrest them and Officer Mercer. And he's like, even the ones that were standing around not doing anything. Michonne's trying to converse with Mercer like, this is a misunderstanding. This guy assaulted some shit. She doesn't realize what Michonne in this panel doesn't realize is that Mercer already hates Sebastian. That's actually how the book starts is yeah. Sebastian and one of his cronies talking about taking out oh, uh, Mercer. The Yes, Mercer, Mercer and, and one of his dudes. Sorry, Mercer and one of his dudes, not Sebastian, one of his dudes. Um, Mercer and one of his dudes are discussing, and uh, Siddick, of course, hears and uh, plays cool. But, um, man, uh, Elodie gets smacked in the fucking mouth by Sebastian, man. Whoa. And uh, in in one fell swoop, uh, Michonne went, went for the sword, and then Elodie stopped her. That's not going to sit well, Brando. The thing is, is that this fucking kid wouldn't last a day out there by himself. Oh, not at all. He's already proven to be totally incompetent in that regard when we first met up with him. So, 
I mean, this is a class, like, A representation of a complete piece of shit. And he's going to end up causing more trouble than what he's worth. Absolutely. He's the rotten egg in the bunch. I feel like he is very much that spoiled brat who has no idea the consequences of his actions. So when this really starts to roll out, when shit really gets going, I feel like Michonne's not going to let this go. Like, as soon as she just saw her daughter disrespected, she's like, okay, next time he does it, I'm cutting his fucking head off, and there's no questions about that. Like, Michonne is not happy, and she's, of course, still a killing machine, so don't poke the bear is all I have to say. But I don't like that uh, Elodie says, let it go. It's important we know our place. And it's like, ooh, that sounds very Woodbury, old school governor style. You know, like everybody has law and order and rules, and there's a certain way everything is done because of order and government and law and whatnot. Um, but I have no idea where they go from here, Brando, ultimately. Um, I'm hoping the next issue takes us back, and I, 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 I want to see what Negan's up to. I haven't seen him since uh, one... 75? Yeah. 170? But, you know, we may not see him. Well, maybe 174. Uh, that was the issue that was just to himself, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah so we may not see him for quite a while. I'm going to look up the cover for 179 just because I'm curious, George, and interested in what it looks like if it has anything that's worth Noting, interesting, what are you? New World Order 5 of 6, and it's a dude with a ponytail and Michonne's sword on his back. Hmm, interesting. I will say that uh, there's this artist, Bill, I can't think of his last name, but he's pretty good. Um, he's so good, actually, that he is um, doing these special, like, almost quasi-super realistic covers in conjunction with the New World Order of major characters in The Walking Dead's history. So he did Rick. He's done Michonne. I think he's done Negan. He'll do The Governor, Andrea, and Carl are the ones that they're going to be doing. I might be wrong on at least one of those folks because um, there are also people that have been making fake-ass ones, so... Some people get excited and go, oh, it's Bill. Wow, Bill St. Keel was uh, – I fucked that up. I can't say his last name, folks. I'm just being honest right now. That's the humble truth. Brando, you've been watching the show? Yes, I have. And what do you think? I'm loving it so far. Uh, even – even though, as I said before, the whole uh, Carl thing threw me for a loop, didn't like it, I am enjoying seeing their version of All Out War kind of come to a close. Um, the whole attack on Hilltop was awesome, especially with the, uh, with the you know, tainted weapons. I, yeah. Uh, you know, train of our existence, roll, existence rolling in, so perfect timing. Only one so far. I wish the train of our existence ran between Alexandria and the hilltop. Shit would get done a lot faster. Right? 
Hey, man, that's actually not a bad idea. But I also love the stuff with Negan in the, in the last episode with Jadis. That was amazing. That's uh, some intense fucking acting for both of them. I liked that. That's I liked that a lot. Uh, I, I I don't know if I said this on air, but they're doing a lot in a short amount of time to really get across the fact that Negan is something more than what he has been portrayed. Yeah. And they're trying to drive home all those hook in factors to make him a fan favorite. Like they did in the comics, but they're doing it differently because in the comics, the way you got to like Negan through his, like they, I guess the way you were saying it, they don't have enough time to slow burn develop it because so many people would be pissed off for so long yeah. that they would totally tune out. And numbers are already kind of bad for The Walking Dead right now. They're actually struggling a little bit. Um, but you're in your eighth season. Like, come on. You fucking had a great run so far. Be happy. You're still kicking ass. They're still the highest rated show on Sunday, so. Yeah, and dude, it's like... Uh, you know, uh, we got to learn the fate of Tara in this episode. Obviously, she's fine. Dwight didn't kill her. She is the message. I wanted to scream it at the fucking TV, Brando, when Tara's like, or when uh, uh, Daryl's like, why didn't he send us a message or give us some way to know it was coming? The attack was coming. And I'm thinking, he did. She's alive right in front of you. Like that's, that's, that is his telling you because he didn't kill her very clearly. Mm-hmm. Oh, which yeah. is an early, which is kind of an early tease on what they did with Rick. I, I thought it was actually kind of a ballsy move to 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 show your hand that early. I also loved the Morgan stuff. He keeps seeing people, seeing uh, what's his name, uh, Gavin and shit. Well, in this episode, it was it was Henry, but he also saw Gavin too, right? He has been seeing Gavin, but in this episode, this past Sunday's episode. It was just Henry. Was I watched just, them back to back, so because um, that was the one where Rick went out and him and Rick got jumped by the Saviors, dude. Uh, I'm I, the the show version of Morgan trumps the book version in like tenfold. Well, they gave you an opportunity to actually grow with Morgan in the show, as to where in the Walking Dead comics he was dead before they got to Negan. You know, he died uh, right when they got to Alexandria, actually. The, um, but I mean, number one, they got Lenny James to play him. I like him a lot. Um, I liked him before The Walking Dead. Hashtag Jericho. Yes. So he's great as always. He's he's great in everything I've ever seen him in. But they do this nice character arc, and Carol Carol like pretty much spelled it out, you know, with the arc that we saw her go down. And her go so far gone. And her to be like, I don't want anything to do with anybody. I'm too dangerous. You know, I'm a psychopath. And then getting brought back in and her finding her new self. And then her coming to the realization of, you know, you know, maybe it's not all lost. And even if I lose what I have now, I could find that again sometime maybe. And the thing with Morgan is, is that when we first meet up with him again in season three, he's gone, you know, completely yeah. insane. And then somewhere along the lines, when we meet him next, he's okay. And kind of a monk and not killing anybody. 
But the moment he gets involved in this war, starts killing people again, he starts going back to the old Morgan, slowly losing himself. And I loved when Rick meets up with him, and therefore Rick has like, it's me, it's Rick, you know me. And then the first thing Morgan says is, I ain't right. I ain't right. I love that. I ain't right. I ain't right. And Rick's like, let's go back. He goes, I ain't going back. You know, I'm going to find them and I'm going to kill them. There's another thing in this episode that really, really drove it home. And that's that Rick has not yet read the letter from Carl yet. No, he hasn't brought himself to it. Of course, Michonne has finally brought herself to do it. We do see her doing that in the episode. Yeah. Um, struggling to get through it and uh, have a lot of words. Uh, Rick does, of, of course, by the end of the episode, start reading it. Um, at least we're led to believe he's read it or is reading it. Um, I thought they were going to like do the cheesy voiceover dub like, Dad, this is your boy Carl speaking. You know? I Actually, know you're really sad right now. I already know what it says. Oh, shit. You already know what it says? Mm-hmm. Fuck. What? What it, the fuck? What? It was uh, revealed on comicbook.com. And oh, shit. So what I'm going to do, if I can, in a time of You're going to look I'm, that up? And and then I'm going to read it because by the time it's by the time this episode's out, that the next episode, because it's like a clip from the next episode that, oh, that, cool. that got spoiled. And let me see if I can't. Uh... Well, while you're doing that, I actually have something to say that's in regards to The Walking Dead. As we know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he's the star of The Walking Dead. Well, he's a star of The Walking Dead, but arguably the star because gotta love Negan. Uh, he also plays um, one of the people in this new Rampage movie with The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, he was getting interviewed by IGN. They said, hey, uh, if you, do you have anything to say to fans hoping to see Negan die in the upcoming Walking Dead Season 8 finale after two seasons of buildup? And he said, yeah, where's the camera? The red light. Morgan asks in the video, looking square in the camera. Morgan flashes a grin and raises both middle fingers before laughing. And I'm actually going to play that clip now, just because it's like three seconds. He literally just fucking, yeah, where's the camera? Where's the red light? Flips off the camera. Like, Negan ain't going to die, fools. Come on now. Sorry, folks, if you heard on my end, there was a, might, might, there might have been just a little bit of a um, weird little, like, you heard nothing for a second, like a split second. I was trying to make sure that, like, if I if click on one of these, that it's not going to start playing a video, if you know what I mean. And all of a sudden fucking be annoying. Um, yeah, well, while you're still looking for that and trying to make sure you get yourself set up, you let me know when you're ready. Um, here's something that's been resolved within our own episode. Uh, Hawkeye has been found. Where's he been? At a Cartier party in San Francisco. Uh, actually, Jason Momoa shared a picture on his Instagram Friday with his wife and Marvel star Jenny, Jeremy Renner. Um, of course, so that was a little bit of a joke, but uh, yeah, still no Hawkeye, still no hope. We'll have to wait and see once that movie comes out. Brando, how's it going? You got that letter that Carl... I do have it up. However, I'm waiting because there's, as always, a video that's going to play. Oh, yeah, you know it. Girl, you know it. Girl, you know it. Girl, you know it. Girl, you know. Millie Vanilli. 
and I'm just like waiting because I don't want to scroll down to start reading and then just have this blow out. Yeah. Okay. Thankfully. Colon blow. Thankfully, I think it's on mute. Yeah. All right. So if I do that, all right, that'll pause it. That way, it won't come up. So. And so now let me go down here. So Carl's letter opens with him reminiscing about his eighth birthday and Aunt Evie. He remembers his mother, Lori, remembers his school and going to the movies and Friday night pizza, cartoons, and grandma and grandpa and church. Those summer barbecues and the kiddie pool you got me. Could have used that at the prison, the letter reads. You, you told me about the walks we take when I was three. Uh, you holding my hand around the neighborhood all the way to Ross's farm. I didn't know that I remembered them, but I do. Because I see the sun and the corn and the cow that walked up to the fence and looked me in the eye. You told me about all that stuff, but it isn't just that stuff. It's how I felt. Holding your hand, I felt happy and special. I felt safe. I thought growing up was about getting a job. Maybe a family, being an adult, but growing up but growing up is making yourself and the people you love safe, as safe as you can because things happen. They happened before you were shot and things went bad. But before things went bad, kinda of felt like things went bad because you were shot. I wanna make you feel safe, Dad. I wanna make you feel just like I felt when you held my hand. Just to feel that way for five minutes. I give anything to make you feel that way now. I wanted to kill Negan. I wish I did. Maybe it would have been done. I don't know. I don't think it's done now. You went out there again, but I don't think they surrendered. I don't think they will surrender. There are workers in there, Dad. They're just regular people. Old people, young people, families. You don't want them to die, Dad. We're so close to starting everything over. And we have friends now. That it's, it's that bigger world Jesus talked about. The kingdom, the hilltop. There's got to be more places. More people out there. A chance for everything to change and keep changing. Everyone giving everyone the opportunity to have a life. A real life. So if they won't end it, you have to. You have to give them a way out. You have to find peace with Negan. Find a way forward somehow. We don't have to forget what happened, but you can make sure that it won't happen again. This, That nobody has to live this way. That every life is worth something. Start everything over. Show everyone that they can be safe without killing. That they can feel safe again. That it can go back to... Being birthdays and schools and jobs and even Friday night pizza somehow. And walks with a dad and a three-year-old holding uh, holding hands. Make that come back. And go on with those walks with Judith. She'll remember them. I love you. Carl. Damn. Intense. Wonder how In this episode. Go ahead. Huh? I was going to say, I wonder how they're going to spin that. I mean, well, obviously people who are listening to our show now already know if they've watched the show. Um, but I'm curious if they're going to do a full thing where Rick reads it or if it's like overdubbed with Carl's voice or if it's how they do it. Internal monologue or whatever. I don't know. It's a great piece. Um, 
but in the show, in the last episode, Rick went out with Morgan. Rick negotiated with the saviors after the one savior dude. I, I think his name, I can't remember his name. Uh, the one that didn't run. Just yeah. going to call him that. And, the, and he goes, do me a favor and try not to kill. Don't kill. You know, try not to kill them all if you don't have to. Try to bring some of they them made, back. Show them. You know? They, they might have made a bad decision, but it doesn't have to be the decision they made. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be their last. And... So it seems like Rick is kind of doing that when he's like, we can take you back because they're talking about the people who they hacked off some of their limbs because they got bit. And they're kind of in a bad place. There's a horde coming, a herd. And Rick's kind of saying, we can take you back, give you guys a chance at a new start. And literally some of the guys are like, okay, yeah, sure. And then the the one long-haired dude that killed Henry's brother was all like, you're buying into this bullshit. We have Rick the prick, you know, whatever mistakes we made and what losses we had will be forgiven. If, if we bring him back to Negan and Rick promises them that, you know, you know, I won't kill you, but when the herd comes in, they get untied in the end, Nate, Rick and Morgan kill all of them. They needed to, they were blowing off some steam, but they were pressed. They had some shit to that, there's, that, that they there, had there's, there's a moment. There's a moment here, Nate, that is very, very important. Visually, this show has always done a very good job of telling a visual story, and I picked up on this right away. When Rick asks Morgan, back then, you saved me. Why did you save me? I could have died on your front porch or on your doorstep. And Morgan eventually answers, because my kid was with me. And then Rick looks in the mirror, and it's shattered. And it's shattered on him. Like, the focal point of the shatteredness is, like, on his body. And he gazes, and he's bloody. He's beaten. He's broken. At the end of the episode when he's back home or back at the hilltop in his room cleaned up having you know washed off and getting to go get that letter again Carl's letter he looks in the mirror again and he's clean unbroken and it's visually telling the story of Rick He's, seeing himself broken. It's him doing this deed, him killing these people. Because one of those guys with his dying breath, like, why did you do it? You, you promised. We, I lied. We could have had something. We could have lived together after all this. Boom. Then he kills him. And then, and then he's going to read this. And then the conflict is going to start within Rick again. He's been driven by revenge, driven by hatred for Negan. And there's going to come a time for those of us, for, for, for those of you guys that have been following us and us talking about The Walking Dead and the books and everything else. 
where Rick has Negan where he wants him. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that moment. So, yeah, um, no, this show has got me back in and hooked. I think this season has been great for the most part. It's doing a great job, man. Not, it's moving right along. If I could be honest with you, I feel like the second half is way more interesting than the first half. I absolutely half. agree with that. The first half was a lot more guns a-blazing. Let's go in there and kill some shit. Nate, there was a video I saw. Uh, where It was a fan video where they used a song, clips from... This was actually from the first part of the season with uh, Father Gabriel and Negan. Okay. And clips with Jeffrey D. Morgan, and he was in a movie with uh, Halle Berry where she is like his wife, and then he cheats on her, and then she gets sick and dies. Oh, wow, that and sounds familiar. They splice that in. Oh, shit. And it is Awesome. Like, it works. It so works. Because there's even, like, the whole, like, him saying that he treated her like shit. That he cheated on her. And then there's the the, the scenes from whatever movie that is. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. But him, like, begging her, you know. Even saying, I'm begging you, you know, please give me another chance. And then her in the hospital bed, and he's like saying, I need you. And then, of course, she dies. It was it, it was awesome. And that's a part of the Negan character that I love because, and I, I, I said this to somebody today when trying to describe the character, he's just as broken as anybody else in this universe. Um... Is the was it a TV series maybe that they did an episode together? I have no idea, man. Extant uh, is Ex the thing. Extant, yeah, I think it's what yeah. It was. It's a TV show, actually. It's a TV show. Yeah, uh, came out in 2014 and only ran 2014, 2015. Dude, um, um, yeah, that that shit. I I saw it. Um. I was looking at um, some Walking Dead thing because I was just on here looking, and the the article is actually from like December. But really? Yeah. And also, I just read something because we all cause because we know Morgan is going to cross over with Fear. Yeah. But it seems like that Morgan is leaving the walking dead to do so. Yeah. Makes me think he's in the crosshairs. Possibly. I don't die. I can't wait to see that movie. Brando. Have you heard about that? A quiet place. Yeah. John Krasinski is, uh, Essentially, they live in a world where they can't speak, and like, because it's like essentially tremors, and if they move the wrong way or make too much noise, these things will come up and eat them. 
Um, but apparently it's been getting like rave reviews across all the boards. And uh, also hashtag John Krasinski for Fanta- Mr. Fantastic because I think that's a perfect casting. But uh, anything else we want to cover today, Brando, before we get out of here on this magical Monday of Journey into Comicsville? Yeah, um, I just got this article again. I'm trying to load up, and I'm trying to be careful about it playing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anything while I'm trying to read because I don't want that. I don't want to blow our our listeners' ears out or, or cause you any extra work. Thankfully, it's just an ad that's already muted. So with, uh, it says here, with The Walking Dead only weeks away from production on season nine, executive producer promises the upcoming work will bring the show back to vibes from its best seasons. Heading back, uh, heading to the next batch of episodes, Angela Kang will step into the show in a role previously held by Scott Gimple. Angela's been with us since season two, and she's been one of our key writers, Greg Nicotero told Fandom. Angela has a very clear vision of the show, and she has a great voice. She has a unique voice. Her focus, according to Nicotero, will be on making the show feel like it did when it was at its best, especially looking back at to where our show succeeds the most in terms of characters that have the best chemistry together and the locations that worked well, and it's the, uh, always kind of nice to be on the road a little bit. Anytime that we're sort of situated in one place for too long, it feels like the show is morphing back into season four and five kind of vibe. So... Uh, if the ratings are any are any indication, four and five are when people were enjoying this, uh, The Walking Dead, uh, the most, and then uh, season six numbers nearly match those of five. But the show's first uh, signs of decline uh, kind of came in with that as well. And then, of course, with season seven leading up to, you know, like the all that war thing, like the whole thing was like Negan's around. And it was like the slow kind of plotting of like setting up the war, you know? Yeah. But, uh, oh, I found the, I found the video, Nate. Oh, you're going to send it to me? Yeah. But it's on Twitter. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I'll, 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 I'll have to just send it to you. Uh, I can't wait for the next, I can't wait for the next show we're about to do by the way i just read a headline that just blew my mind i can't wait to read it to you um well yeah dude um i think really um i'm all good to go wow we did a long ass episode of jic haven't gone the distance like this in a while i'm glad we are back in the driver's seat however brando next week you're not going to be with us bro enjoy your vacation i so certainly will and uh i hoped uh Hope that whatever plans that you have sort of made uh, to fill the void in my stead uh, are well founded. All I know is, huh? All I know is, there's a group of guys that create comic books that are putting out their third issue of a comic we've backed for a couple now. Really? Uh huh. Issue three of Black Suit of Death is coming soon, and that Kickstarter is currently live. So maybe I will pull off a little bit of a uh, shock and awe move and get those guys back on to discuss this. Absolutely, uh, do that, book. man. That's awesome. Yeah, I just, I just I saw love, yesterday. I love the Black Suit of Death. That's awesome. Absolutely, those guys are great. Psychic Tacos for the win. They already know what our order is. Can't fail it. Um, 
All right, Brando, I think that's going to do it. As always, folks, check us out on all the different social medias, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, on YouTube, Journey into Comics for most things, Journey into Comics podcast if you can't find us, or Journey into Comics Network, JIC Network on Twitter. Uh, obviously, check us out everywhere like iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music. Now we are on Spotify, and that includes our homeboys over at Game Addicts Podcast, where you can also get them at GameAddictsPodcast.com. You can also check out the main feed at JourneyIntoComics.com. Make sure to go to the Patreon, throw us a buck or three, whether you want early access exclusive content. We may be doing some restructuring to our Patreon in the near future, and maybe we'll be introducing some merch. Who knows? We have a lot of stuff in plan. Um, But I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of uh, Journey Into Comics, episode 186. It was Stan Lee's something blood. I don't remember what I said it was going to be. Something. Polymorphic blood. I don't fucking know. Pasteurized. Pasteurized. Yeah, Stan Lee's pasteurized blood. Fuck yeah. That's the episode title, folks. All right, well... Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Journey to Comics as we are just now 14 weeks away from episode 200. As always, I'm Nate. I'm Brando. We'll see you guys later. Crack open them domes. Fill your brains with shit.